When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 3 p.m. the Monday after. Are you recovered? <laughs> Are you awake? Did you get a Gatorade or a Pedialyte or whatever aid you need to cure that post-Super Bowl hangover? Did you get a snack in this morning? Are you munching on leftovers? Welcome in, everybody, to a postseason edition now, we can say. Football's the, done. It's of over. The, of the Southside Beat, Monday, February 12, 2024. He's Chris Halleck. Just pour one out for the for the 2023 season. It's over. I'm Corey Chris. I'm still, I'm still on a cup of coffee right we're now. Not gonna get, we're not going to get football. Actually, like football played in NFL stadiums until August now. I know. We're a ways away now. The next step is... NFL draft season, yep, which I, I will say it is, it is a, it is a fun time for sure. Draft yeah. season's fun, which we've already started in a way with the senior bowl. And when yeah. the Steelers bow out of the postseason, then the talk automatically turns to draft, but <laughs> Barber, Barber get, get ready. Barber already Barber says I'm already tired chatter. of Mason chatter, man. It's going to be uh free agency is a month away. Uh, you have the combine. That'll mm-hmm. be a, a nice little distraction for free agency, but once the combine's over, <laughs> things heat up. It's going to be all free agency. You're mm-hmm. going to be getting a lot of people saying, Justin Fields, trade for Justin Fields. Or Ryan Tannehill, maybe even. Um, we're going to talk about, obviously, the road ahead that is the offseason. The combine's in two weeks, so we still have quite a ways to go. Yep. And we're not going to burn ourselves out on combine talk and draft talk just now because we have a way to go. And, you know, obviously I'll be in Indianapolis for everything in two weeks' time. So plenty is going to be coming about that. But Super Bowl 58, overtime with the new overtime rules. Chiefs beat the 49ers. I, I'm not sure if anybody's really surprised at the outcome because to me yesterday was the official coronation of Patrick Mahomes. as He's, He was already great and already, in my opinion, an all-timer. But mm-hmm. three Super Bowls. Pair of MVPs. MVPs. Yeah, three, three, time Super MVP. Bo- three Super Bowls MVPs. He's among the greatest of all time, and yep. he's in the conversation now. He's yep. only lost to Tom Brady, probably the guy that, you know, <laughs> everybody's going to be trying to reach for decades to come within yeah. this sport. But you said it. I said it. A lot of people in this very chat here live on YouTube agreed with us, like, Patrick Mahomes is the standard bearer nowadays. And watching that game yesterday, for my money, 
first off, I was bored to death in the first half. Oh yeah, my gosh, was slow. that a snooze fest? And then slow. Usher, Usher turned me up with all of my high school homecoming and prom <laughs> favorites. Usher, Luda John, uh, Little John, Ludacris, they all turned me up. They got me excited. I was into it. Second half was really good, and it was it became a competitive, close, good football game. Yeah. In the second half, and then Patrick Mahomes does what Patrick Mahomes does, and leads the Chiefs down the field for the game tying field goal. Obviously, overtime happens, which for those that were kind of unfamiliar with the overtime rules, um, I like things them. were things were changed to basically to not like overcomplicate this, make it the college football overtime. Just where, yeah, but but it's actual time. It's actual. Uh, mm-hmm. You're not starting at the opponent's 25 yard line. I actually kind of like. It's definitely not made for the regular season. For sure, uh, because it, it well, no, it can't. It just it can. Just think about it. It can't if they do trade field goals. There, it keeps going, and then I mean, what was that like the seventh longest, like sixth Super Bowl, longest, fifth something, longest, something, something longest, like that. Something like so that, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a long game. I mean, it was a long, long game, and I think the NFL does a pretty good job because football is all right. I mean, all you have to do is go watch college football, and you can see how long football games can take. Um, and the NFL's done a pretty good job of, of of keeping the pace of pace of play to a minimum around that three hour mark, maybe a little bit more. Um, I I actually really like the rules. I like the fact that there's no sudden death, like unless it's like a safety, right? You know, on the, on that first possession, I do like that. I you know because at that point you're at the mercy of you know luck of the coin toss. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I, I like the rules. I I think it was uh, um. I think it was good. I like it. I, I, I like the college football overtime. Rule. I do too. And quite I honestly, do. I think the NFL should go to it. Um, even without the kickoff, forget the, forget the clock, forget kickoffs, forget, mm. forget all that. Start at the, start at the 40. It's, yeah. it's the NFL. Start at the 40 and then move from there. And, and each team gets a possession. I, I don't know about touchdown ending the game from the team that receives the ball, but I think a but variation of that can work, but it would not in overtime. Well, in the not, college not, rule. Not, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in the college rule. Is that the college rule now? The college rule, <clears throat> if the first team that touches the ball scores a touchdown, game ends. No, I don't like that. I like the way it used to be. Amended. You're, you're, but, but, you're, a variation yeah. of. A variation yeah, you, of. I think it works. Um, And I think it worked last night. And, you know, some people now today, the Mythbusters, the, the, the Hindsighters, are basically like, well, why did the 49ers take the ball? And think of it this way. If the 49ers go down the field, score a touchdown, Put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands. You have to force them into the end zone. Yeah. And if, if the Chiefs don't score a touchdown, 49ers win the game in that way. So I don't I don't hate the decision for the 49ers to take the ball in overtime at all. Yeah. Um, I, I think you want to dictate the tempo, dictate the pace, and look like when you when you fail to score, when you punt on that possession, you're putting fate in Patrick Mahomes' hands. And when you put fate in Patrick Mahomes' hands, yeah, more often than not. Patrick Mahomes comes out on top. And I think it was Warren Sharp I saw put out a stat about this where at minimum Patrick Mahomes in like the get in just games in general, the postseason, at minimum he's competitive. At his best, he's dominant. And we saw somewhere in the middle of that last night, I think, with Patrick Mahomes. And that's why the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions yet again. And this is legacy stuff. This is Hall of Fame. This is in that upper echelon hall of famer discussion. Now Patrick Mahomes is in, if he wasn't in it already, like that's what it was about that to me going into the game. And that's what it is coming out of the game to me. Yeah. 
Uh, I think that's, you know, today we're, we're really putting a bow on uh, not just the, the Super Bowl or anything like that, but just the season overall, uh, because obviously the Steelers, you know, they were a playoff team. You know, they finished 10 and 7, um, played in the toughest division in football. Um, so, it, you know, you, you know, look at what the Steelers did and then you're like, OK, well, what, what do they need to do in order to try to make themselves more competitive? Um and really what you're going to have to do, and, you know, this, you know, last night just solidified it more. You're going to have to go through Patrick Mahomes if you're going to get to the Super Bowl. That's just mm-hmm. the way it is. And and it's not just Patrick Mahomes. You've got Josh Allen to worry about as the Steelers learned firsthand. Lamar um, Jackson, for you, as yeah, well yeah. as the Steelers do against him, yeah. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, um, uh, Justin Herbert, you know, with the Chargers making the changes that they're making. You would assume um, the the Chargers are going to be a better team. Um Rico coming in with $10 contribution. Appreciate it. Said the Super Bowl reminded me of every Pat's uh, Super Bowl close game. Brady Mahomes comes through at the end. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just the dude just knows how to win. You know, there are there are few quarterbacks in the, that have played this game uh, that just know how to play. Uh, they, they And they, they know how to play, but they, they know how to win. They know how to win regardless of circumstances. Um, are they perfect? No. Um, you know, Brady wasn't perfect in the Super Bowl. Mahomes hasn't been perfect in the Super Bowl. Um, but they know how to win. You know, Mahomes is one, Brady's one, Bradshaw was one, Montana was one. Uh, these guys just know how to win. Um, and that's why they won as many rings as they did. They were not granted, they were on great teams, but I think this Chiefs team that won was probably the worst team that Mahomes has been on. Um, their defense was the best. That was the best defense he's had. But in terms of targets, it was Travis Kelsey and um, who else? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I can name the guys. Like you, you know, obviously Hardman. You know, made the you know Rasheed the Rice. Rasheed yeah, Rasheed Rice. Rice those yeah. guys. But it's like those are some nice names, but he doesn't have one. He doesn't have a Justin Jefferson to throw to. He doesn't have, uh, I would even say a George Pickens to throw to. He doesn't have one of those, you know, standout pro bowl caliber receivers. Um, other than Travis Kelsey, you know, who's obviously going to be one of the best tight ends of all time, but uh, they have Justin Watson, a South Fayette product from around here. Three time champion. Now um, yeah. a, a few, a few good comments here. Number one from Teresa. And I think she describes this perfectly. Steelers better get serious about the quarterback position in a hurry. It, it. it just it just goes to show. For as good as Brock Purdy was this year, mm-hmm. he still was a class below Patrick Mahomes. He, yep. he he just is. And especially in the AFC, the way you laid it out, Chris, you have to have the quarterback certain. Not like, well, yep. this might be it. You have yep. to be certain, damn sure, that this is the quarterback that you can win with in the postseason. And mm-hmm. if you're not, you're just going to be behind. I mean, that's why the Browns paid all that money at the time for Deshaun Watson. That's why the Ravens gave Lamar Jackson the money they did. That's why Josh Allen is going to get the money that he's going to get. Mm-hmm. That's why Patrick Mahomes gets the money he gets. That's why you pay top dollar for the top position in sports, not just football in all of sports. Um, and so, yeah, you have to give it to Patrick Mahomes. Like, he is the greatest in this generation post-Brady. Like, post-Brady, mm-hmm. post-Ben, post Steve, all those guys. He's the greatest of this generation. That's who everybody's looking up to right he's now. He's still young. Like he, he's not. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's, you know, mid thirties and he's starting to get near the end of his career. He's got, he's still got a ways to go, man. Like we're going to mm-hmm. see him play for at least another 10 years. Yep. Mark, you know, Mark, is he going to play at this level where he can 
always extend plays with his legs when he needs to. No, that 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 part will will dissipate as his career, you know, as he gets closer to the to the end of his career and he gets on the back nine of his career. But I mean, shoot, you still probably got about another four or five years of where Mahomes can play at this level he's playing at now. And everybody's like, you know, remember like during the season where we're like, oh, the Chiefs don't scare me this year. You know, they they look like they could be taken. They get to the playoffs, they turn right back into the Chiefs again. Yep. They, and, they and, just, let's, yeah. and let's not take anything away from Andy Reid either, who for my money moved into the top, what, three maybe of all time in terms of head coaches in this the history of this game. He's up there. I, I, mean, I mean, top five maybe. Like he, three Super Bowls now. The way that he's done it in Kansas City, or four Super Bowls now, excuse me. Um, no, wait. No, three. I can't math. Three, yeah. yeah never won one with uh, Philly. That's right, that's right. Three now. Um. You got to give it to Andy Reid. Uh, Mark asks, what do you think about San Francisco's decision to take the ball in overtime? Um, I'm going to go to Ashton in the comments for your answer. You don't give Patrick Mahomes the ball in overtime. Don't yeah, give but, him a chance to touch the ball if you don't have to. Yeah, but you were going to have to with right. the way the new rules are. Would you rather do it up three or up seven? Oh, no. Like, I, I get I get that that portion of it. Like, you go out there mm-hmm. and you, you know, there, there are two sides to this coin, literally. Uh, you, you either take the ball first. And you try to score a touchdown and put the pressure on Mahomes. The the problem is whenever you do that is if you can't get the touchdown, you have to settle for three. Now you are now giving the ball to Patrick Mahomes. You change things differently where if you give Mahomes the ball first and they do happen to go score a touchdown, you know exactly what you have to do now. It's yep. the same thing. Like I, I always preferred like if you're playing, you know, the you know, with, with the old at least with the old college rules. Uh, it was, I always wanted the ball second, like, mm-hmm. because you know what you have to do. Oh, they only got a field goal. Well, a field goal just ties it and extends it. But if we score a touchdown, it's over, you yeah. know. Um, this too, as Ben said, uh, San Francisco's defense was tired. They were gassed. Yeah. Um, so th- yeah, but, I mean, it was a good that. drive. They, they just, mm-hmm. I, the one thing, the one knock that I had on Shanahan was they should have like driven McCaffrey into the ground. Like yeah. they should have just ran the ball all night because McCaffrey was, I mean, he was running all, all up and down that that Chiefs defense for the most part. Yeah, uh, Randy asked, "Could you use your expertise and analysis to explain how the receiver got so wide open in the final winning reception?" It was very simple, actually. Tony Romo actually did a pretty good job of explaining it. Uh, so obviously, the the Forty ers were in uh, a zone defense, and so when a receiver moves in motion, that that outside guy will then take the most outside eligible on that side, and so it's just natural reaction for that to happen. So now he's thinking that guy's moving in motion. So he's going to lock onto the next guy who was, who would then be the, the, the outside guy. And since he ran back outside, nobody was then able to be, to pick him up. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a nice play design. It's not the first time that Andy Reid's run that in the Super Bowl either. Yeah. He did so, it against Philadelphia too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's not the first time. It's a, it's a it's a smart play design. It, it, it takes a, a a very good offensive coach to to come up with stuff like that. And Andy Reid does it. And and you can't even blame the defender. He he followed the assignment correctly based yeah. on the motion, based on what he read. He, he it was just good offensive design, good offensive planning, and like sometimes you just get out coached. Like yeah. San Francisco's defense was great all game, mm-hmm. and then. When Andy Reid needed to dial up his best, he dialed up his best. And when Patrick Mahomes needed to be his best towards mm-hmm. the, towards the later stages of the game, he was at his best. So, 
that that's more of a credit to the Chiefs, I think, than anything than it was to, well, the 49ers couldn't hold. I think that was just more of a credit to the Chiefs. And yeah, sometimes it's too much. And, and again, that's just going to show what elite quarterback, elite play calling, elite coaching does for any team in this league. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, that kind of goes along, you know, you know, as, as we look at, you know, the way this played out, Patrick Mahomes is just this untouchable guy right now. Like it seems like the only, like, like, like we said, the only guy who's been able to beat him in the Super Bowl is Tom Brady. Now he hasn't made it to the Super Bowl every single season and he's been the starting quarterback, but he has made it to the AFC championship every single year. He's been the starting quarterback. So it's a really good chance that if you're going to get to the AFC, if you're going to get to the Super Bowl, you're going to have to go through Patrick Mahomes, whether it be in the wild card game, in the divisional round, or in the AFC title game. It's just a really strong bet that that's what you're going to have to do. Mm -hmm. And so, how do you beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs? And, you know, we just watched a 49ers team that, I mean, it's the best roster in football. I don't think that that's really an argument. Mm-hmm. The probably the weakest part of their roster is quarterback. Like if we're being legitimately honest about like every section of their roster, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, secondary receivers, running back, like quarterback might be their weakest part. And that's not a knock on Brock Purdy. That's just a testament to how good that roster is. And they still couldn't beat them. Yeah. It's going to take not only a complete roster, but you're going to have to have somebody special at quarterback in order to have a chance, like to have a legitimate chance to beat this guy. Yeah. Um, how about Andy Reid, by the way, uh, and Travis Kelsey? What'd you think of that? <laughs> I like all the memes that are coming, coming oh out. Oh my of gosh, it. the memes are great. I sent you one earlier. I think you. Yeah. Them. It was uh, just. It was. It was. It was a lot. <laughs> Heat like, of the moment, uh, man. I like. Uh, uh, oh yeah, Heat of the moment's a Super Bowl. I mean, you had Rasheed Rice yelling at Patrick Mahomes for being wide open. Uh, at the end of regulation there before they kicked the game tying field goal to send it to overtime. And he was like, man, if, if Mahomes sees him, it doesn't even go to overtime. Um, yeah. And so, you know, obviously looking at the quarterback position when it comes to the Steelers, man, the mm-hmm. one, th- the one thing that I'll give Kenny Pickett, you know, if Kenny Pickett ends up being the guy, the one thing that I'll give him that we, that we saw in in two seasons of Kenny Pickett so far has been the dude knows how to play. He 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 elevates elevates his game in the fourth quarter. Yes, and late in games, and so that's a great trait to have. Now, if Arthur, now it's a big if if Arthur Smith can unlock some of the other things in his game or help minimize the flaws or help really help him grow in other areas you know he learns to be uh you know to, to have better pocket presence to be able to be more accurate uh throwing from the pocket especially on in breaking routes which he's going to have to do in Arthur Smith's offense um it, that that would be the one thing that I I would have hope about Kenny Pickett going forward is he's proven he's a gamer mm-hmm. the problem is is that the first 3 quarters it's been there's mm-hmm. just nothing there. There's not a lot, of, a lot of overly negative because he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. But there's also not a lot of moving the needle in terms of scoring points because he hasn't thrown for touchdowns either. Crystal says George Pickens immature, Travis Kelsey passionate within that kind of vacuum. <laughs> Here's the difference between George Pickens and Travis Kelsey though: is Travis Kelsey is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and George Pickens is a second year wide receiver. I, I like that's yeah. the best thing I can say to to kind of come back to that. Uh, Rico says. Uh, comments saying Steelers need to get serious about quarterback. To be fair, 
got Pat, Allen, Lamar, and Burrow, maybe CJ uh, oh, yeah, Stroud. Stroud. Hard to find an elite quarterback for real. That's true, Rico, but you can make up for not having an elite quarterback. I wouldn't consider Brock Purdy an elite no. quarterback. Mm-mm. I consider him very good, but I wouldn't consider him elite. But if you're not going to have an elite quarterback, you better have the best roster in the NFL, two through 53. Mm-hmm. And as we just saw yesterday, even then, you still might not win the game. Yeah. So, it, look, if Kenny Pickett is just middle to you know average to, to above average, all right. But the Steelers better have more than just T.J. Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick on that defense and Cam Hayward. They better have more than just George Pickens and, and Najee Harris and Jalen Warren on offense. They have to be the best roster in the NFL, two through 53, like San Francisco was to even get there, to even have Mm -hmm. a chance to get there. Look at last year, too, by the way. San Francisco arguably had the best roster in football last year, too. Brock Purdy goes down in the first quarter of the NFC Championship, and that game's a a blowout. That game was forgettable by all stretches. Yeah. So, like, even then, you could still have a great roster, and if your quarterback is not at least average, you're done. It it doesn't matter. It does not matter. We're learning this year in and year out that the quarterback is the most important thing. And I'm not speaking like I'm I'm breaking. I'm not Albert Einstein here or anything. But also, I I think the more examples we see of it, if you're a Steelers fan watching last night, you got to be frustrated. You got to be thinking, we just got to get one of those. Even though, as Rico just said, and it's true, it's hard to find one of those. But you have to have the right coaching. You have to have the right front office. You have to have the right system in place for that quarterback to thrive in. And then even then you still need more. So I think by comparison, the Steelers are still a ways away from getting there. I think I can comfortably say that. Yeah. I mean, I I think the Steelers are are good enough. And I think Omar Khan and Andy Weidel and Mike Tomlin and all those guys are going to go through free agency in the draft process and probably put them in a better position uh, to, to, you know, be a little bit more consistent next year. You know, you know, they've got a good base. They're, they're going to have, they have a better offensive coordinator. Uh, I don't think that that's really an argument there. Uh, I understand that Arthur Smith is not the, the, the sexy hire that a lot of people wanted, but compared to what the Steelers have had the past few years with Matt Canada, and then even, you know, Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan, you know, tag team and the duties for the rest of the season uh, last year, Arthur Smith is a legitimate offensive coordinator who has had success uh, pretty recently. Um, better offensive coordinator. I, I like some of the additions they made to the coaching staff. Um, I like some of the coaches they have on the defensive side as well. Uh, you know, with uh, you know Curry and, and Grady Brown and, and, and those guys, uh, Denzel Morton, uh, Carl Dunbar. That they've got a good they've got a good Great staff on the other staff. side. Yeah, they, they've got a good defensive staff, and they honestly just need to get a little bit more lucky when it comes to, you know, being healthy on defense, you know, that, that what attrition was a big part of, of the Steelers, you know, shortcomings on defense, but let's not act like it was some sort of terrible unit. It wasn't no. uh, it, a step back from 22. Yeah, maybe, you know, a little bit, you know, in certain areas, they weren't as good against the run, um, you know, but you know, some steps forward too. you know, you had a full season of TJ Watt again, should have won defensive player of the year, you know, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the defense definitely has another level it needs to get to. You know, if this team is going to be a legitimate uh, contender, uh, I'm not. I'm not debating that, and I, I would expect to see that addressed in the draft and free agency both. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it all does ultimately come down to quarterback play, and then I, I think you know that that you know begs the question. You know, okay, what is Kenny Pickett going to do under Arthur Smith? But then also, what else do they do? do you know the 
if they bring back Mason Rudolph, are we going to see the Mason Rudolph that we saw for four games or, you know, and that's a legitimate question. If he goes elsewhere, is it Ryan Tannehill? You know, do they trade for Justin Fields? Do they trade for Russell Wilson? Yep. There's a lot of options out there and what they can do to address quarterback. Yep. And, and like, again, not to be like a Debbie Downer here, but I don't think Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph or Ryan Tannehill or even Justin Fields are those answers that get you into that upper echelon of the AFC. I, no. I just don't. No. And like, look, we could sit here and look, and we're not going to have revisionist history. Yes, the Steelers had amazing defenses in the late 2000s and early 2010s, but Ben Roethlisberger being elite, elite, top 10, top five at times in the league, yeah. is the reason why the Steelers were so successful. I, I, let's let's not let revisionist history of of having elite defense and all time defenses paint the picture of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were able even, to have all of that because of Ben Roethlisberger. I would even say 05. I mean, like when they won in 05, I mean, yeah, like you look at Ben Ben's performance in the Super Bowl and it was terrible, but they don't get there without Ben, not just because of the tackle he made against Indianapolis. He was very good against Cincinnati. He was very good against Indianapolis. He was phenomenal against Denver in the AFC Championship. Uh, just played a bad game in the Super Bowl, and thankfully the defense played their tails off and held the Seahawks to 10 points. Uh, and, you know, got a couple of, you know, nice calls from the officials. Thank you very much. You just t- tip your cap and you say thank you and you move on because they did not get those calls in certain games. Remember Indianapolis where Troy Polamalu picked him off, tries to roll mm-hmm. up, the knee knocks the ball out of his hand. It clearly caught it, but because of the NFL rules and everything like that, oh, no, you didn't catch it, so it's incomplete, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, Ben was Ben was phenomenal. I mean, it's not it's no accident that Bill Cower couldn't win the big one until he gets Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> he has all these great defenses, these great teams, and he he almost gets there. And then he gets there one time, and they lose to a dynasty type Cowboys team. Oh, and he just gets the AFC Championship, loses again, loses to you know Patriots in the AFC Championship. Yeah, Tom the Brady it- happens. Yeah. The minute he gets Ben Roethlisberger, fifteen and one in his rookie season, and then Super Bowl victory in the next season, that's not an accident. Again, this is why I've been going back to, you know, it all comes down to quarterback play. Like it really does, man. You get yourself an elite quarterback, that's it. And that's why we keep asking the question: Can Kenny be elite based off of what we see in the first two seasons? No, he can't. But does he have the tools that if the right coaching staff comes in and helps him and something just clicks something unlocks and then all of a sudden because of what we've seen with the with his ability to to take his game from here to here in the fourth quarter that kind of stuff can't be taught so if you can help unlock everything else in his game which by the way i've been a don't take this as like i'm some sort of pro kenny guy i've been very critical of of his quarterback play in the first two seasons See, and Chad's saying, like, no, he doesn't have the, the elite tools. Like, the one t- intangible that or that actually is tangible, you can't quantify it, is he's a gamer. He knows how to play. He knows how to elevate his game when, when the game is on the line. That part we know, and it, it is quantifiable. It's there. You can put your finger on it. The other parts of it that I think in, in, in which I'm, I'm, like, reserved of saying Kenny can unlock is because 
You have to be able to make throws from the pocket. He hasn't shown the ability to do that. He hasn't shown the ability to stay poised in the pocket. He wants to spin out. He wants to move. I mean, we've seen him leave clean pockets. It's not just when he's under pressure and, and the pressure starting, he gets, gets his eyes down and he starts panicking. It's no clean pocket. And it's like first reads out there, second reads out there, boom, take off. It's like, no, let the play develop. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if Arthur Smith helps with his system and helps and, and, and it definitely is more quarterback friendly, I don't think it's an accident that Ryan Tannehill was mediocre for six seasons. Then all of a sudden Arthur Smith becomes offensive coordinator and Ryan Tannehill goes from being very mediocre to passer ratings of triple digits in back-to-back seasons. Barbara's right. Please leave a like. <laughs> if you enjoy the show, if you're having fun, if you're enjoying the conversation, we're enjoying the conversation. Please leave a like, please share, please subscribe. All of that goes a very long way. Um, let's talk about what everybody wants us to talk about, and that is the commercials. What'd you think? <laughs> overall, that was overall, that was I thought it was a poor batch yeah. this time around. Yeah, there were a few. Subpar. There were a few funny ones. Uh, I liked the uh, the Sunday ticket one near the beginning with the with all the birds. You know, the the the, the bird yeah. mascots, the Seahawks and the Eagles and everything. I was kind of chuckled at that one. Um, the Duncan might have been the best one. That was the best one for me. That was yeah. top dog for me. Yeah. That was that was pretty good. Uh, but there's really not a lot of other ones that really stood out. Um, it was pretty underwhelming. If that if that second half wouldn't have turned into anything, that would have been a very very lackluster Super Bowl overall. I, I mean, if the halftime show is the highlight of the Super Bowl, I mean, good, good one here from Chris Chid. Michael Sarah that, doing that was a pretty good one. I enjoyed that, that one. Um, very I uncomfortable. Know- but. I know this wasn't a, I guess, commercial like paid advertisement, which the money for those ads, so 30 second spots are insane. Um, I know this wasn't really bucks. a commercial per se, it was more of a CBS promo. But mm-hmm. when I saw that Halo promo, I, I was in the I was at a party with my girlfriend's family, and mm-hmm. as soon as I saw that Master Chief helmet, I just oh. <laughs> And everybody looked at me like, what's he doing? <laughs> like, you guys don't know. You have no idea what it was like back in the day. I was yeah. in it. Gronk missed his kick. Probably should have. Uh, probably should have bet that he was going to miss the kick. But I digress. Yeah. Um, I was singing the Halo theme song while that commercial was on. The whole, <laughs> the entirety of it. Um, yeah, the commercials were subpar this time. Yeah, I, I hope some of you bad. that are listening, by the way, know what I'm talking about. If not, then I'm sorry. But <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sorry because for a video game, man, that 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 brings memories back. Um, Super Bowl halftime performance, Usher, Lil John, Alicia Usher Keys, cool. ludicrous, yeah. absolute heat, absolute fire, 15 out of 10. Now, I'm not going to like think that's an all-timer, but I had a fun. I had a blast. No, I, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call an all-timer in terms of no. halftime performances. I don't think anybody's ever going to top Prince. No, um, I agree with that. But I don't think, yeah, I don't think anybody's ever going to top Prince. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think the only thing that I, I really, um, the only thing I really take away from halftime performances now is I, I, I really start to feel like I'm old <laughs> because because now because I remember like whenever I was younger, whenever I was a teenager or like early 20s, stuff like that, whenever I would watch the Super Bowl, it's, you know, like I remember one Super Bowl the Steelers were in. It was uh, uh, Rolling Stone, you know, or the, you know, the Rolling Stones. And it's, it's these <laughs> older generation bands and everything like that. And so now it's all these 
millennial artists or artists that were very, very popular for us millennials whenever we were in high school and, and yeah. stuff like that. Like it was, you know, Usher. Then last year was Rihanna. And then I think the year before that was uh, like Eminem and Dr. Dre and all them. Um, Disagree, Mike. What? I thought Reba was fantastic. At I, the anthem. I, I, I had no issue. I, if anything, I enjoyed all the music. Yeah. Post Malone I thought, doing Post America Malone, the Beautiful. Post Great. Malone was good. Uh, Reba was good. I'm not even the biggest country. I live in Texas. I'm not even the biggest country fan. Uh, but, Mike, oh, man. No, I I, I, yeah, I disagree. Whew. No, bring back classic rock. Yeah, classic rock's great, but Usher tore the house down with that. I had it's fun. Just, with, I had fun. I mean, I'm loving it. I'm loving it because, like I said, like all these guys, like I, I honestly bumped so hard during the Eminem <laughs> halftime show a couple years ago. Yeah, that was I great. was, dude, when 50 Cent was hanging upside down, when Into Club started playing, I was like, dude, I'm in high school all over again. Like, this is freaking phenomenal. Like, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. TJ, I can't even say Reba overdid it because I don't think she did, to be honest with you. I thought there it was I definitely it was been good. anthems that were way more over the top than Reba. Sure. Like, let's stick to the script. The song was written the way it was written. Let's sing it the way it was it's supposed to be sung. But can that's I, how I, that's how I feel about it. I don't think Reba overdid it at all. I thought she was I, great. Can I peel back the curtain a little bit for, for reporters? Sure. We we as reporters are if you think we're critical of football, <laughs> of football players and baseball players and yeah. or like that, we are no more critical than those who sing the national anthem before every freaking game because we don't want it to take too long. So you can already tell if it starts off, oh, say, can you see? It's just like, okay, this is already going to take three minutes. Uh, let's and I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and, it oh, my gosh. And then you get the people that you get those people going like that. And then you always have somebody in the press box going, oh, my God. You know, it's just it's so funny because like and that is transcendent throughout different multiple multiple sports because I've heard that in baseball press press boxes I've heard that in football press boxes that is transcendent it's hilarious now like I've covered minor league baseball my fair share of years and in minor league baseball you have to do what you have to do right the, these organizations work really hard they do their best to get who they can at times so like. Especially baseball. You got to get like major league baseball. You have to get 81 different guys to sing the national anthem. That's what I mean. So in like major league baseball doesn't have the same pomp and circumstance that the NFL does. So like, especially in the minor league level, when you have to have, you know, little Jimmy (laughs) sing the anthem, you know, little Jimmy from town next door, sing the anthem. It's like, all right, I get it. It's fine. And you can give it a pass because, you know, they're not professional. It's not going to be the best thing you've ever heard. Sometimes you get surprised at how good they are. But also sometimes you're like, oh, I have to tune this out immediately. I have to I have to be distracted. I can't listen to this. And that's fine. That being said, I didn't sit through the Reba or the Post Malone or any of that. And I was like, get this off my television. I thought they were fine. Um, I, like I, I thought they were good. I enjoyed them. Yeah. And I don't think Reba went that long. Either. I, I Like I sat there and I'm like, that has to be the over. But it couldn't mm-hmm. have been by much. I didn't look up the over under on that. And I didn't bet it either. Oh, for entertainment purposes only, for, for, yeah. for what it's worth. Uh, Usher, by the way, part owner of my Cleveland Cavaliers, so I'm proud of that. Um, <laughs> partial owner. I think he's only 1%, but still counts. Um, the, the commercials, subpar, C-. minus. Commercials, commercials were the worst part of the Super Bowl, I, I would say. Uh, the first half, I would say. First half was pretty <laughs> bad, but... <laughs> 
but I mean, if you were to play like all of the good commercials and like add up the seconds, you'd probably only have a few minutes of the good commercials and that's about it. Yeah. Like I, I about $3 like, billion dollars right there. What's your, what's your favorite, <laughs> what's your favorite Super Bowl commercial? We'll, we'll end on that. That'll be our final thought of all time or just your fa- It doesn't have to be of all time. Just your favorite. Not, not just from last night, but just overall. What's up is, is classic. Yeah. Was up is classic for Budweiser. Yeah. Um, the Clydesdales are classics. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. Did you see a Doritos commercial? Usually Doritos like pulls out the stops for the Super Bowl. Mean Joe. Yeah, yeah. Mike, that's a good answer. Yeah. I didn't see a Doritos. I, I'm like expecting Doritos all the time and I didn't see it. I don't, no, I don't I, remember I, it. I don't I don't remember seeing Doritos either. Um it actually it actually got to the part last night where normally like during the like my wife last night. She at one point she goes, "Have you moved from your chair in like the last five hours or something?" I'm like, "No, this is normal Super Bowl for me. I'm like usually because I'm like I don't ever leave because you don't get a break. You have the game, then you have commercials. You have to use your commercials like when you go take a, like a bathroom break. No, I want to watch the commercials. Well, halftime. No, I want to watch the halftime show. Mm-hmm. Like the only time you really get a break is whenever they do the halftime report for the first five minutes of the halftime. Sh- you know, before the halftime show starts. Um." I would say, yeah, yeah, you have all those classic commercials, but one of my favorite ones, and I always go back and rewatch it now every Super Bowl, was the one that they did uh, for the hundredth uh, anniversary of the NFL. Yeah, with all that was really the good. Classic players, or just all the players from everything, and they had like you know Joe Montana wouldn't throw it to Michael Irvin, no can do cowboy, and yeah, um, you know the uh, Franco with the immaculate reception and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was uh, that's one of my favorite ones for sure. Wasn't um, weren't the original E Trade Babies Super Bowl? I think so. Shank and Potter. God, that, now, now I'm one. starting. Now I'm starting to have flashbacks. Uh, what was the one? Um, oh, the one uh, where you could uh, buy a domain. Daniel, you're gonna have to pay for that. Um. <laughs> And no, the answer is no. Daniel asks, uh, <laughs> Daniel asks, the guy on the left, that's me, can take a shirt off. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm adjusting it because it's like one of these like thin ones. And I have to keep pulling it back to like not make it look like it's like, ugh, you know, to make it look decent. Was the Mr. Dumas uh, commercial a uh, Super Bowl commercial? I don't remember that one. Don't recall. He was calling him Mr. Dumb. I don't want to say things because I don't want to lose. Yeah. He was like Mr. Dumb, you know, and saying like mm-hmm. that, but it's pronounced Dumas. I don't remember that one. Um, um, I don't remember if that was a Super Bowl or not, but no, there was a, what was that, that website back in the day? I cannot remember. Uh, it helped you like, it helped you like buy domains, domain names for GoDaddy. Thank you. GoDaddy.com. Those were always, there was always one. GoDaddy's and that always got the boomer generation all really riled up and angry. <laughs> my mom was all, my mom's a boomer. My mom would always get pissed off. So raunchy. <laughs> oh, that's just, Speaking of which, so funny, man. Speaking of which, no proposal from Travis to Taylor. I was holding the line. I was seeing if it was gonna happen. I was holding the line. You know, uh, I'm some so... of the Swifties. I know a couple Swifties. Shout out to my friend Katie, who is angry at Travis for the stunt he pulled on Andy Reid. She's angry at that, and now Travis has to like build the credit back up. <laughs> now, like, there's videos of like Travis and Taylor partying afterwards. Um, like, you know, they're, they're singing love story to each other and it's real cute. And like, they're partying afterwards and they look nice. So the credibility is coming back up in Swifty nation. This is to my understanding. So that was really interesting. No proposal. Um, some say, some say when Travis grabbed the mic from, uh, who was interviewed for CBS, was it Jim Nance? I think so. On the podium. Yeah. When, when, 
Travis sang Viva Las Vegas and did a really bad job of it. They oh. cut to Taylor and they're like, that's Taylor getting the ick. I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. So how is this going to affect the rest of the night? But apparently that was just a little little one-off, little moment. It doesn't seem like Taylor's mad at the uh, the altercation between Travis and Andy Reid. So no. we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I think that's an interesting fallout. I, that was a, there was a prop bet on a proposal. I didn't take action on it, but there was a prop bet on a proposal. That does not surprise me at all. There was prop bets for whether Travis was going to propose or not, <laughs> which honestly, I'm glad he didn't because it's so impersonal. It just is like, I like I, I'm I, if you got engaged, you know, at a sporting event, I, I'm not trying to knock on that, uh, you know, ever to each his own. I'll just put it that way to me. That's just, I would never propose that way. That's Steven, just me though. That's Steven, just me. Steven, Steven says, so Steelers, like we sprinkled Steelers in, in the show. It's the Super oh, Bowl. Believe me, we're going to have plenty of time yeah. talking about Steelers. And we did talk about Steelers. We talked about, sprinkled we talked about, oh, shoot, man. Like, like uh, you gotta, you gotta be able to be Patrick Mahomes. What's the best way to be Patrick Mahomes? You gotta have a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Kenny. I mean, what, what are their options right now? Kenny Pickett. Okay. Mason Rudolph. Okay. You feel a little bit better. Maybe. Okay. Uh, Ryan Tannehill don't feel too great. Mm-hmm. You know, Kirk Cousins is the only name that kind of gets my ears going. Oh, okay. You know, with the right roster, I could see Kirk Cousins possibly pulling it off, but you're gonna have to pay an arm and a leg to get him. The Steelers aren't gonna sign him, so I, I, I mean, you're gonna have to beat Patrick Mahomes in order to get there. Yeah, and, that's and, what I, we'll end on. If the if if the if the if the Steelers' goal was to just make the playoffs, then they're good to go. But their goal isn't to just make the playoffs. Their goal is to win the Super Bowl. And right now, if you're going to win Super Bowls, you're going to have to find a way to beat Patrick Mahomes. Even one of my, even the one Super Bowl that Mike Tomlin has won. Tom Brady didn't play that season. Remember, he got injured in Week One of that season. That was the the ACL injury. Yep. Didn't have to worry about going through Tom Brady that year. Yeah. So, I mean, it just. Like I said, if you don't have an elite quarterback, you better have two through fifty-three short up, like the like the 49ers do. And even then, still might not have a chance. They had a chance. And Patrick Mahomes is the final boss. He is he is Bowser. He is Dr. Robotnik. He is Dr. Neil Cortex. He is you know Dr. Wiley, if you're a Mega Man fan. He's all of that combined into one. He's the he's he's the guy right now. And in order to be the man, you have to beat the man. I I do I do like the fact that Art Rooney the second is, I mean, whenever he's been asked now multiple times, both you know, like in in the in the little room in the little, um, you know, meeting with reporters, and then in the, his couple of different you know meetings with you know local TV affiliates. Number one position, he goes, we need better quarterback play. Yeah, I mean, he's just flat out said it like that, and that's been the 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 the. Yeah, it's just he's right. I mean, he's right in saying that. I don't necessarily personally agree with the way they're going about it, but hey, prove me wrong. Like if Kenny Pickett does the pulls a Josh Allen and goes from here to here in year three, shoot, man, yeah. I'll I'll be the first one to come on here and to say that I was wrong. Yeah, but I don't believe there's a remote show today. I, I don't think, think so. He's flying I, so, back from Winnipeg today. So yeah, I, I do. I talked to him this morning. Uh, his flight was uh, canceled yesterday, so uh, he's flying Oof. back today. 
Yeah, that's so tough. I would I would very highly doubt that there's a Ramon show today. Yeah. I don't know for sure though. I haven't I didn't talk to him about that. I'd expect one tomorrow. Uh not counting on today though. DK coming back from one of his favorite places that's not Pittsburgh would be Winnipeg. Mike, don't do that. Mike, don't do that. Mike says I'm jumping <laughs> off. Don't do that, Mike. He says I'm jumping <laughs> off the roof. Come on, guys. Come on. It's football. It's football. Yeah. Life's beautiful. Enjoy it. Embrace it. We're on to the offseason. Let's do this. He's Chris. I'm Corey. This has been the Southside Beat. On a Monday, we're on to draft season. Have a good day, everybody. Cheers.